0: The Good People Effect is something very special that happens when we surround ourselves with the right people to help us grow. The show is based on three main pillars, which
1: are creativity, adventure, and purposeful living. My intention is to create positive momentum in the direction of real human growth, and I believe by taking a glimpse into the lives and minds of good people through deep conversations, we have the opportunity to open ourselves up to immense
0: growth that can be later injected back into this crazy world. This is more than just another podcast. It's an energy of intentional growth that's been manifested from the beauty of the creative spirit, the call for adventure, and the power of purposeful living.
1: I'm so excited to share today's episode with you guys. Before we get into it though, I just want to quickly give a honorable mention to last week's episode with Raman Nazar, the founder of Rainbow Brain Skull. It's a super cool conversation. I don't want to wreck it too much, but we talk about interesting topics like diving deep into your mind. We look at humans, we look at society, we look at planets and the sun, and we talk about what happens after you die. It's a really deep and interesting and kind of funny conversation. So please be sure to check that one out after this one, of course. This week's guest is Lisa DeLay. Lisa is the host of the Spark My Muse podcast, and she invites her listeners to have deeper encounters with their interior selves. In today's conversation, we're going to be talking about Reconnecting with the people around you and deepening those connections, deepening those relationships. Uh, But before we get into it, I just want to quickly mention the tribe. The tribe is a group of people that I want to put together that I can really feed some nutritious content to. A handful of people that are going to subscribe to the email list, they're going to receive emails from me once a month with plenty of good stuff that includes free online courses. I'm going to scour the internet and find the best resources to help you grow, including interesting podcasts and recommended reading lists. I'm also going to be putting together an ebook for you guys and contests and free giveaways. So if that's something that might interest you, if you really do want to accelerate your conscious growth, then please head over to goodpeopleeffect.com and join the tribe. Anyways... Here's my chat with Lisa. And
2: I think um, ultimately you know, nobody is going to say, boy, I hope I can experience something like that again. But sometimes when you see someone going through something like maybe their first breakup and they're just completely shattered, but you've already been through that and you know, although that hurts, you might find someone you're really meant to be with now and that person really, it was better that they go. or. Um, but while you're in the middle of it, you're, you can't really say, "Hey, cheer up!" It's that person really wasn't, you know, good enough for you. Don't worry, worry about it. <laughs> you have to allow them. Just to, you just have to have a presence beside them and with them, and an arm on their shoulder, and say, "Yeah, it really hurts. It really sucks," and and not um, demean what they're going through.
0: Why do you feel like it, it means so much to us as we're going through this kind of pain to have people? kind of holding that mm-hmm. space for us. Why do you think that's mm. why do you yeah. think we connect with that as humans? Do you, mm. do you have a perspective on that at all?
2: Yeah, there's probably several reasons and and uh, it's such a good question because we're all the same in this. We all go through loss and we all need each other. I think we're we're social mammals and we're not meant to be alone. I think the people that you find who even prefer to be alone um, Will often, maybe they prefer to be alone, but at times they will want to be with other people. The per- people who often are isolated will often will go bad and they'll do antisocial things with, without any sense of empathy for others. Like maybe kill a bunch of people or, you know, go out and, and hurt something, someone innocent. And I think it's so important that we do stand alongside people because we don't want to feel alone. And uh, if we're empathizing with someone, we know that they don't want to feel alone. And it just them knowing that and saying, I don't have the perfect words to say, um, not wise enough for that. I mean, I might try. That's the, that's the thing we run into when we when we think we know <laughs> something. We think we're wise. We'll say something to someone and, and hope we can make a difference. But a lot of times, we don't have really the words to say, and we really don't understand their pain, but we can say, I don't. I really know what to say, but I'm, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And if you need to talk or you just need to be quiet, we can just have some coffee together or a snack or something. And I just want you to know that I'm here. I'm not leaving and you're not alone. That can just mean the world because your presence tells the person um, they have support and they have um, someone to walk through this fire with. And it makes all the difference, the, the community or the friendships that you have around you. That's that's why it, it's important that we cultivate friendships. And this is a very lonely time we're in, even though we're in a very connected time, it still be a very isolating, though connected. You know, we're not connected necessarily heart to heart. We might be connected with ones and zeros, but doesn't necessarily mean we don't feel alone.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. When you look at language and how limiting is it is in certain situations, you know, sometimes a touch or like you said, just your presence can really express and kind of give a lot more to that person. And you can you can kind of understand each other in a different way. You know, a, a hug can say a lot more than words can or just just being with someone and like like we've discussed kind of just being around them and letting them know that they're not alone and, and you're going to walk through that fire with them if, if they need you to it's just it's so powerful and it just it just makes me kind of realize again you know how limiting you know our spoken word is in some instances yeah i i feel like it's it's such a it's such a hard thing to do though. Like like you said, even when we think we're at a stage where we're wise, for a lack of a better way of putting it, uh, it it's a different type of kind of wisdom, isn't it? It's it's kind of uh, almost going with your intuition. Wouldn't you say?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because we we kind of need to realize that we don't actually know what people are are thinking and feeling. We um, one of the things that I've been very influenced by is um, the work of Parker Palmer, who has he, he's in his I believe he's 80 years old now, and he comes from a Quaker tradition. And this isn't not my tradition, but they're very good at listening, and their um, worship services, if you want to call them that, their meetings, they're, um so it's the Society of Friends, and what they do is they. Um, gather together, and a whole service could go by where no one says anything, and they listen to each other very well in something called a clearness committee. If somebody's going through something and they need discernment, um, they need to find their way through something, they do something called a clearness committee, and that's where um, they they kind of form a, a circle, you know, sitting seated around someone who needs some help. And they don't tell them what to do. They just ask them questions quietly and they, it might be three hours of this mostly quietness and they just inquire of the person so the person can discover for themselves. So it's a real listening and this is, this is an art form for them that we know so little of in our culture now where we have lots of advice and lots of tips and tricks, <laughs> but do we help people discover it for themselves? Uh, very rare. So the, the thing that Parker Palmer says is if you're really listening, you're not ever fixing someone, correcting someone, saving someone, or advising someone.
1: Hope you're getting something special out of this chat with Lisa. If you are enjoying the show, please consider hitting that subscribe button if you haven't already and uh, get ready for more good stuff to come. Just wanted to break things up a little bit by throwing a little subscribe message in there just because I am relaunching the podcast and I really am trying to get things going again. So if you haven't already, like I said, hit subscribe, tell some friends about it, and let's do this thing together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's quite easy. There's a lot of obstacles that come coming our way and, and a lot of us aren't used to really listening deeply mm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite I think that's like a skill that uh, it's worth more people working on because it brings mm-hmm. us closer together, creates more trust and, yeah. and, and it creates like an environment where we can share. I mm-hmm. do a similar thing with my friends it's called a conversation party
1: mm-hmm. and we get
0: together and we just we just put things down in kind, of, in kind of like a glass bowl and we pick mm-hmm. out questions and things to talk about mm-hmm. and they can be simple, they can be complex and, and everyone just gets a chance to speak and, and they're uh-huh. listened to by everyone else and it's it's uh-huh. a really beautiful environment that's created. This, uh-huh. this uh, Quaker's tradition, is this the uh-huh. circles uh, of trust approach?
2: Right, the circles of trust is Based off of some Quaker stuff, but the Circles of Trust is, has been done for leaders, leadership, leaders, and teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's a way, and teams. Um, and it's, Circles of Trust is actually a trademarked word for Parker Palmer's work. Um, not, not Quaker, not related to Quakerism, mm-hmm. uh, directly, but definitely from those inspirations of, of that religious tradition yeah and that is exactly. teaching
0: is that teaching yeah. people yeah how to hold hold a circle or
2: yeah how to hold space for people yeah and um and how to come to agreement and consensus um circles of trust are regular meetings um and i i was teaching this to some graduate students as well the what the concepts are of circle of trust now it does take a while you know it's obviously called a Circle of Trust so that it's confidential and mm-hmm. um, nobody is, um, it's a safe space and it's a place where everybody gets a turn and uh, it's, it's a really, it does involve, it's not like a quick, let's quick do a Circle of Trust, <laughs> you know, people have to really be on the same page, but that can all be found at couragerenewal.org, which is Parker Palmer's so thing he founded, and I believe someone else is in charge, but now that he's retired, but um, those resources, a lot of them are free, and there's videos on how to learn some of those aspects. It's fantastic resource-wise, and really helps people, um, really helps with presence, and building this kind of listening wisdom.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've been talking a lot about listening to others and what about listening to ourselves do you do you have any kind of words and wisdom on you know how we can better kind of listen to our own inner guidance in times of struggle or or kind of times of um difficulty or trauma
2: yeah such a good question and um that's really the tricky part if, especially if we're afraid um, and a lot of times we have little mechanisms to make sure we don't get too quiet we we do things like I um, can speak for myself. I'll uh, do little mechanisms like distract myself with uh, 24-hour news or Twitter or, you know, little games, you know, I play on my phone or just staying busy. And that's so that I don't, um, I mean, I don't want to do this, but I catch myself. It's so that I don't quiet down too much because if I quiet down too much, discomforting thoughts will pop up about things I need to work on. And I think that listening to ourselves, um, there's a, there's a great quote. I think it's Meister Eckhart who actually said it, but there's also a, um, probably predating that as Rumi and says that um, silence is the first language of God. Um, it's this great idea that that is really where we all begin. We all in even the core of us begin in silence and um it's more powerful than words and so as we quiet ourselves down uh, it actually gets noisier because our thoughts will bubble up and things will come up that our brain is working on uh, maybe they're old wounds or insecurities um, things in our relationships that that we're worried about or troubled with or things about our future or our past and actually when we get silent that's when it gets a lot noisier first, usually. Um, So it actually gets harder to listen to ourselves the quieter we get until we become disciplined at being silent and listening to ourselves. So it's, it's really a spiritual, I think of it as a spiritual practice of quieting down and making it a really a habit because it's kind of, you know, if you're used to just once in a while getting junk food to eat and then someone says oh no you can actually sit down and eat three meals a day it's sort of like how silence works and listening to yourself if you're not used to it it's going to seem really strange at first to you know let's eat with silverware let's oh you don't want to just jump into a trash can and eat once in a while every couple weeks (laughs) it's just going to seem really strange but you know as you get used to quiet first quieting down to listen to yourself uh, and it becomes a practice things really change yeah
0: so besides like you know building that practice and and taking things a more small step at a time and just trusting that that change will take place within yourself what are some other kind of uh you know suggestions you might be able to throw out in regards to helping people create more spiritual awareness within themselves or connect to that side of them uh, a little bit stronger
2: oh boy there's There's so many good books out there, and there's so many wise teachers, and I would say um, that that's really helped me. But maybe there's even too many things. (laughs) Uh, But that's probably, um, of course, there's you know there's going to be resources and and things like that. Um, The other thing is, besides developing a habit, um, which can be really difficult, is it helps to have a a spiritual friend or spiritual companion, not just a not just a buddy who you have fun with but somebody who maybe is a mentor or someone maybe a little further than you on the spiritual path or someone you trust maybe a could be an aunt or an uncle or just someone you think of as wise that you check in with maybe maybe once a month and you develop some kind of rapport uh could be just like let's go to coffee once a month and um not that it's counseling or that you're you know pouring out all your feelings or anything it's just kind of somebody um who you you know will listen to you and you will listen to them and there's a there's a respect there and they're kind of in a sense shepherding your soul that has been really a huge thing but you have to seek that out pretty intentionally because um someone has to make margin in their life for you and, and you for them so it's really soul care is kind of what i'm talking about is that um and when I say soul, I'm not talking about like that ghosty thing that and bugs bunny or <laughs> nothing like that. But um uh, but the soul is kind of the the who you really are and includes everything about you. But um the the being and human being is kind of this is kind of what I care about the most too. Um, because if you don't care for that, things just go bad, you know, everything will will sort of tank from there. Um and and making sure that um Soul care is. This is another aspect of it. is is part of your regular life. Whether you're taking care of your whole self, in in a sense of eating right and sleeping and and putting yourself around good people, like, like you've done, Michael. And um, are you filling your life with good things? Or are you just filling your life with different kinds of garbage? And um, all that makes for a better life. But um, maybe that's obvious. But I don't think people really realize. How influential the things we have in our life are to us.
0: It's it's, a, it's an intentional thing as well, and I think it's maybe even a shift in perspective for some people because I guess when we think of health, we think of like you said, how much you sleep and and what food you put into your body, but and exercise and things like that. But there's obviously a lot more more to health than that, and I think uh, cultivating like a, a daily spiritual practice whether, no matter what it is, how big or small, or in which direction, I think it could only do good, um, especially if you're doing that consistently. Uh, I wanted to speak to you a little bit about, I guess, openness and learning from others, maybe other people from, you know, different walks of life or different religions. Uh, I think sometimes it's very hard in 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 this world where we're brought up in certain ways and uh, with certain kind of patterns of thinking, and i know uh yourself your your father was a, a pastor growing up so i just wanted to get your perspective on you know um how do we how do we learn from people you know that have different belief systems to to us
2: yeah exactly um yeah i was brought up uh, as a pastor's kid in a very uh very narrow-minded kind of christianity that's very fundamentalist and i think it was well intended it was just um, it just didn't work. <laughs> it was you know we're the good guys, and everybody else is the baddies, but uh, some you know with some scrutiny, you can tell uh that can't possibly be true because it just doesn't it just doesn't um match real life. Uh, you mind up meeting people as you get exposed to many other types of people and have conversations with all different types of people. You run across goodies and baddies <laughs> and you just can watch people's lives and you see, um, you can see how they are. You know, it's, it doesn't just work one way or another way. Um, I've been very influenced by, um, Sufi poets and they're the beautiful way of, um, contemplative thought and poetry in the Sufi tradition and found such comfort, guidance, um, in that love poetry from, from the Sufis. And there have been so many instances with people from all walks of life that have just spoken wisdom right to my heart. And I think what I personally look for is what in Christian tradition is called the fruits or you know, the harvest of somebody's life. What are the fruits of someone's life? If somebody is telling you this is the way things are, but they're a terrible person, it's pretty obvious that you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to follow them in, in their ways. But if the, the person that, um, you, you see somebody out there and they are beautiful inside and out, they're kind and they're loving and you think, you know, I just want to be more like her or him or they <laughs> and you, and you, you know by their fruit is what the bible says by your fruit you will know them and i think that that actually cuts across all faiths and all religions and um i don't think god is a christian i don't i don't think that's how it works and so um what i think that is is true is that love drives out hate and Uh, it is the only real powerful thing. And so as, as you find people in the world from different walks of life, as they experience it, you know, you will come across people that are bent on causing problems. And, and I think that could be because of things that they've gone through. And I have seen time and time again as people like this who seem so hardened and so upset and ready to bite you and hurt you as they see that you're not their enemy, uh, they soften. It doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean you turn everybody around or anything, but I see how people will who are already have their prejudgments fixed, and they see you know I don't have any beef with you. I don't, there is no problem here. They'll they'll soften, and you you can tell how love overcomes hate just just in just in daily encounters because people will often mirror what what they see coming at them. And so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I just find that um, just in my lived experience that wisdom can come at you from all different directions, especially from the least likely people. Um, my son has some cognitive disabilities, and I've been around a lot of people with intellectual disabilities. And it's easy to write them off as, well, what could they teach me?" But some of their lessons that I've been taught through them. Have been the most incredible.
0: I came upon a really interesting realization quite recently and that was that every single person that I come in contact with has a potential to be a teacher for me and there's there's lessons in every interaction and it's just me that needs to pick up on them and notice them and, and try to be open and aware to the, that they exist and even those people that you might find a more difficult to get along with or people that you know like a small child like you mentioned uh, someone that you you wouldn't expect to learn anything from everyone's got a lesson in their own open, in their own, their own own individual way and we just need to be kind of open to it to be able to receive those gifts um, so I feel like that is that's just a little piece of wisdom that I came across recently and, and you're talking about kind of companioning with people and and kind of getting on their side so they let so they They know that for lack of a better word. You're not their enemy. You're not against them um, How do you how do you lead people to find discoveries, you know instead of trying to to fix them? Because it's something that you know, I've had problems with in my past relationships before how do you kind of you know um, facilitate uh, their own discovery process without trying to manipulate uh the way they do things or think
2: mm. well, this has been really a, a long hard lesson for me because i have felt the responsibility that i should <laughs> um you know, tell people what they need to hear and make sure they know the truth or make sure to help them you know being feeling responsible to help people but i i think um people the the realization has come to me that people don't learn from usually don't learn from me telling them something or somebody telling them something they learn so much better when they discover it on their own and just realizing that's just the facts helps me takes the pressure off and and uh, it's it's uh, not an ego thing so so if i'm thinking what can i do i'm probably thinking about it through some form of ego so uh, what can I ask is maybe the better question. So um, instead of the fixing part, like oh, I really would like to help this person, you know, it, it's not because I'm thinking, oh, I'm so great, I'm so smart, I bet I can help them. But I'm thinking, ah, oh, they're they're in pain. Maybe I could, can I say something? Could I do something? So instead, I what I've tried to do in companioning is um, say, can you can you tell me more? I try to get them to expand on what they think, maybe use different adjectives, or um, a lot of people who are in pain are just mad, sad, you know, they just have a couple things how to describe it, but there's a lot of adjectives that can help open them up to more of what they are actually feeling, and usually it's whatever someone is upset about is usually from older pain. And what does that remind you of? What does that pain remind you of? There's a lot of great questions you can ask that you're not leading someone to somewhere or like, oh, I know what that pain was because I remember his dad used to hit him. You know, you don't want to say that because you actually don't really know. So you, you want to just help them to discover, and um, and it might take them a while, and you uh, you have to just be patient with the process. And I think that's where you trust someone's inner wisdom, or you trust. Um, from a Christian perspective, you just trust God, the Holy Spirit to work, to just do the work. You don't have to hold God's hand, so to speak. You're just um, getting out of the way. <laughs> You're just getting out of your own way to allow the natural process of discovery to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's put so uh, profoundly and beautifully. Thank you for that little <laughs> piece of wisdom, because I think, yeah, that it's, it's very hard to to put yourself in the mindset to get out of the way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely something that we could all do better to help others around us when they got, when they're in times of need.
1: Thank you for tuning into another episode. If you want any information about anything we've spoken about today, including Lisa's podcast or Lisa's work, then please head over to goodpeopleeffect.com and check out the show notes section. I can't wait to sh- keep sharing this content with you guys because i'm having these amazing conversations and i'm learning so much from them and i just can't wait to kind of put this out into the world out into the abyss and see what happens so stay tuned for more good stuff to come and until next time guys be well